This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. We are continuing to work through the principle of Ken Sandy's book, The Peacemaker, Forgive as God Forgave You. We're on the fourth G, Go and Be Reconciled. We're really seeking to, to apply gospel truths, that we have received reconciliation and forgiveness because of the, the work of Jesus Christ on our behalf. It's really um, one of the, the key reasons why he came, to provide reconciliation and at great cost, I mean, this is at his own life that he was willing to go and suffer and die um, so that we might experience the forgiveness of sin. And God, in his great mercy, through his electing love, said, I have chosen a people that are sinners, have rebelled against me, and in order to win them back, I'm going to send my son and pay the penalty that they owe. But he even went further and he says, I'm going to send my spirit to do a work in their heart and life and so that they would desire to be reconciled with me. God's heart of reconciliation was not enough. He also had to create a heart of reconciliation that we would repent and, and come in faith. And, and we wouldn't do that outside of the, the work of the spirit within our heart and life of regeneration. And so mm-hmm. when we really stop and think about salvation and that it is a work of a triune God that we had no interest in. That really should change our disposition when we interact with other people that have wronged us. Mm-hmm. Not saying that doesn't take away the hurt, doesn't mean that that alleviates the difficulty and, and the pain that, that might go in, along with that, mm-hmm. but it should change our perspective, change, should change our heart as we begin to interact with with other people well there's a comparison that we need to keep in mind and that's what you're alluding to the 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 parable of the unforgiving servant in matthew 18 the the first servant had ten thousand talents that he owed the king which is a essentially an unpayable debt Mm -hmm. the second servant had debt of 100 denarii which is like less than a day's wages the, 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 the servant who would not forgive for the day's wages, he, he's basically, he's, he's saying he's more righteous than God. I mean, it's such, a, it's such a powerful parable because you're like, how could, how could I not forgive a day's wages when I've been forgiven an unpayable debt? And that's what Christ did. He, he accomplished a forgiving us of an unpayable debt that we could never pay back to God, even if we stopped sinning from this moment. And yet, how could we withhold forgiveness for, for a fellow being, even if that, that sin is a horrible sin, if, if they're actually pursuing repentance? Mm-hmm. Today, we've been talking about forgiving as God forgave, but what happens when we encounter unforgiveness? How do we overcome this, this, this unforgiveness that we experience? In our own heart or in the hearts of other people? 
in I, in our own I th- heart. I think he's asking, uh, you know, when you know when you how, how do you go to, how, if somebody's come to you and you don't forgive them? How do you overcome that? Okay, and and so. For instance, you know, you want to know that they are true. They truly understood what they did. You know, somebody's just flippantly saying, "I'm sorry." You bring them back to the consequences of their actions. You you're, you're addressing how it hurt you or how it offended God, or and they, you want them to acknowledge that that actually took place. You need to know that that had that had consequences in their life, our lives, and then you you want to know that they're behavior has changed in some way. What did they do to change that instead of just saying, hey, I'm sorry, write that one off for me. Has there been any alteration in their behavior? Because repentance, true repentance, is a change of direction. It's, you know, you're going one way. It, it really is a, is a turnaround. And so you're doing a 180 and you're going backwards. So you're looking for repentance. You, know, you can't first forgive something, as you brought up earlier, you can't forgive somebody that hasn't truly repented. You can have the spirit of repentance. You can be prepared. You can package it and be ready for it. But if somebody hasn't really repented, you can't forgive them. So this them. is kind of like testing out a person's repentance? Well, no. Well, this is a step a process. So what he's saying is if I'm struggling, I'm having difficulty in forgiving somebody else. And the first thing is uh, – I. The first step is confirm the repentance because there, you, we've all been in those situations where somebody has wronged us and it's been a deep wrong, um, mm-hmm. and then they it, it feels as like feels as if they're flippantly coming back and saying, "Please forgive me," and yes, they've spoken the quote right words, but repentance is actually necessary for forgiveness, and so you want to actually push a little bit yeah. to say, "Are they just simply saying words, or do they actually mean?" those those things right Um, this is why you know even at a young age when we're teaching our kids to reconcile to one another you teach them to okay be specific about what you are apologizing you know not just coming up and saying i'm sorry but no saying i'm sorry i hit you in the head with my hot wheel car Mm -hmm. you know i mean being specific so that there is a recognition of so someone coming up to us to saying i'm really sorry about that you know will you forgive me there should be some like well what what, what are you sorry for? Like, what did you do? Yeah, I actually, I know I'm going to offend many a, a parent and many a, a practice in the home, but I, I'm actually a little bit uncomfortable with the practice of many parents that force an apology mm-hmm. to another sibling, and and that they say, "Tell your brother you're sorry," and the the person with fire in their eyes says, "I'm sorry." Yeah. <laughs> Good. Now, what do you say to him? Yeah. I forgive you. We're actually teaching them an unhealthy mm-hmm. practice about what forgiveness is really about. Right. Um, so I understand your point. I understand what you're looking for. I just fundamentally disagree with that. It might practice. just take more time. It like, might take time. Have more, I mean, we should aim at that. And yes, but but like, let's work through the steps. So one of them was. Um, mm-hmm. Admit specifically what you did, Jonathan. You taught me this probably ten years ago, but to the degree that the sin has been committed is to the degree that the sin needs to be repented mm-hmm. of. So, if I sin against my whole family at dinner time, it's not enough that I just go to my wife and say, "Hey, I'm sorry," even if I mean it. Mm-hmm. I actually need to also repent to my children as well because that's where the sin exploded at right and so if a person is not willing to to confess or repent to the degree that they have sinned on then that 
might be a sign that they're actually not repentant, and you should work them through that. And yeah, when and you're I, would de- ag- oh, I was just going to say, I'd, I'd, I'd agree you know, with uh, what Russ just said there, and I kind of think it, there's, there's a pattern where when our kids are really young, they don't know what to do type of thing. That's kind of where you know parents need to come in and teach them the pattern. Mm-hmm. But then as our kids get older, it's like, okay, I'm not going to make you do this type of thing. Like You need to think about it. You need to consider, pray about it. And come and confess to me if you've done something wrong or to your brother or sister and reconcile. The goal is good. I just think we're trying to to move from step A to B too quickly. And it's the convenient way to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, I never really understood what my dad was doing when I was a kid, but sometimes when we had arguments, my dad would put us in in separate rooms and he'd say, you guys just need to sit for a while until you've really thought through what, what had happened. And then he would say, just let me know when you're ready to move on. And what he was actually doing was forcing us to come to grips with thinking about what we had done mm-hmm. and then, well, what does it look like to, to reconcile? And he slowed down the process. And I always appreciated, mm-hmm. now looking back, I appreciate the, the, what he was actually doing. Mm-hmm. Was he, was he was doing a little bit more healthy way of, of dealing with sin, dealing with repentance, dealing with re, uh, forgiveness. Yeah. And I think too often I've watched moments where I'm like, there's no, there's no repentance there, yeah. right? So yeah. if, you, if you're if you're a parent and you're listening to this and you're thinking, man, I've been I've been doing this wrong, I'll just say, man, I've done this wrong a lot. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've I've messed up in this regard with my children, and so this, I was not saying for sure that you've done this wrong. It's okay. Russell is not surprised yeah. by that statement. But so 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 take it. So so if you want to be equipped, like if you just Google peacemaking principles, you can actually find the pamphlet. You can get the whole book. The whole book is good, but this pamphlet actually helps walk you through it, and so address everyone involved. Admit specifically what it is. So this is how you get from point A to to the, to, to repentance. One of them is avoid if, but, or maybe. Uh, so if I were to say, Russ, I'm sorry for <laughs> uh, scratching your car, but if you <laughs> were such a knucklehead and you parked so close to me, I wouldn't have scratched it. Well, that's that's not yeah. that's not <laughs> repentance. That's actually putting all the blame on you. Yeah. You're responsible. So, so that's another way to test out if it's real uh, repentance or not. So moving on in the overcoming unforgiveness, we've talked about confirmed repentance. Second is renounce sinful attitudes and expectations. I'm just going to take this one real quickly. Sometimes when somebody comes and they truly are repentant, we, we actually um, push a little bit further and we actually want them to earn forgiveness. You go out and, we and have say to be three careful. Hail Marys and yeah. do this. And yeah. And then, then we're we're not. That's not really. That's a sin on our part. Right. The sin is within us that we really aren't willing to forgive. They're not. They don't have to earn forgiveness. Yeah. And, and that's where you to, know forgive as Christ forgave yeah, us. I mean, if he, we he confess, doesn't have those stipulations. Yeah, yeah. He says if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's an immediate thing with God, and we need to be prepared in that way to give an immediate forgiveness. If all the conditions of repentance are there, then we give an immediate forgiveness. The third one is that you need to assess your contribution to the problem, and that actually seems pretty straightforward and, and obvious. Very, it's, it's a rare moment when somebody is 100% to blame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, there can be those moments. I don't, I don't want to say that they don't exist, but most of the time, 
the saying it takes two to tango really does play into it. And even if your contribution is one, 1%, one the command Jesus says, get the log out of your own eye first, applies. And it might simply be your response to the thing that you're yep. repenting of. Yep. You, may, you, you, you actually may have not done anything, but you poorly say, responded. you poorly responded. The fourth one is recognize that God is working for good. What What's involved there? What, what does he mean by that? That God has brought this particular conflict. Um, he's, he's sovereign. He ordained it. He's not the author of sin, but he ordained it so that we could grow, yeah. so that we could be more Christ-like. He's, yeah. Yeah, so that he's we could learn calling, to love. He's not calling the every circumstance good just so, you know but he but we do have what it says in Romans for all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose mm-hmm. so there's a working out of these things that is going to be beneficial both in your life in the life of the other one and it's going to bring glory to God so for our good and his glory these things are going to happen in a biblical example that we mentioned in the previous episodes is the argument that developed between the apostle Paul and Barnabas over a disciple, John Mark, and uh, they, there was a sharp disagreement among them and in Acts, but then we read later in Paul's letter, he's he commends John Mark and he finds him valuable, so we see that at some point there was true reconciliation there. So the list for overcoming unforgiveness was confirm repentance, renounce sinful attitudes and expectations, assess your own contribution to the problem, recognize that God is working for good, and the last two we've already talked about, but remember God's forgiveness, and then last, draw on God's strength. And really, um, in that whole process, what you'll find is that God does desire us to mimic Him, to imitate Him, and He will supply what you need. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We'll see you next week.